Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, Sunshine. I'm Alexi Lawless, and welcome to the State of the Union podcast presented by State Farm. We come to you again from Doha, Qatar, site of the 2022 World Cup as the round of 16, the penultimate day of 16 games, uh, a round of 16 games, and two games here today, including Brazil, uh, which is not why Mossy is here, but Mossy is here, my good friend, uh, David Mossy. Uh, thank you for joining us again, Mossy. Um, before we before we start, will you indulge me just a, a couple of Brazilian seconds here? All right, that have nothing to do necessarily with the actual kicking of the ball. Is that okay with you? Sure. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look over to this camera over here. If you are somebody out there, okay, that frowns and is grouchy and grumpy about soccer players dancing after they have scored a goal, or about Brazilian soccer players dancing after they score a goal, out of some misguided concept of what sportsmanship is at a World Cup, then I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for the life that you live that has no joy, that has no love, that has no passion. There are those out there that looked at Brazil today after they danced, albeit with choreography that was planned ahead of time and thumbed their nose and looked the other way and cast dispersions on the Brazilians. And I say, you are lost. You are heartless. You are soulless. You dance every single time you score a goal, whether you're beaten up on a team or whether it's just one goal and you're losing seven nothing. You Dance. It is the hardest thing to do in our game, and when it is done, you bet your ass you celebrate. And if you want to dance, if you want to sing, if you want to run around like a crazy person, you do whatever it is that you want to do to celebrate the greatest moment in our beautiful game. Mossy, congratulations to your Brazil team. Thank you. Uh, they come away with a 4-1 victory. Lots of positives. And certainly the Jogo Bonito type of uh, Brazil showed up on the night. But I know you, my friend. I know that there are things that concerned you about the game tonight against South Korea. I will let you have the floor. Thank you for letting me uh, start that off. Uh, overall, I am pleased. After scoring just three goals in the group stage, it was nice to score four in the first half today. Um, however, uh, you know, I can always find the one dark cloud in any clear <laughs> sky. So there are a few things to pick at. Uh, the defense was not as solid in this match as 
it was in previous ones. Uh, Brazil didn't give up a shot on target in the first two games with the starting defense. Tonight, Allison was actually quite busy, had to make several big saves. And Can we just take the third game of group play out? Because it was a, a B team, and then obviously everything was right. changed. So this so, is the A team that started right. today. So if you compare this to the first two games right. when the A team exactly. defense played, when they didn't give up a shot on target, Allison could have taken a nap in both those games. Tonight, he was quite busy, lots yeah. of saves, gave up a goal. So that's a bit concerning. Um, number two, there's still this overriding question about whether Chichi would have the guts to play this lineup against an Argentina of France. Argentina, they have a set starting lineup, and it's the team they would play whether they were facing Brazil or Zimbabwe. While Brazil isn't like that, they sort of fluctuate between a more pragmatic lineup, more attack-minded lineup. So it does feel like a little bit of fool's gold when you watch them put forth a performance like this against a team like South Korea, because I'm not sure this is the lineup that would play if they went up against an Argentina or France. Uh, and then the only other thing I would pick at is, um, and he got away with it, but I would have liked to have seen Casemiro and Neymar come off sooner than they did. Um, yeah. I, I, especially Casemiro. He, him having picked up a yellow tonight would have been a disaster. Thank God that he didn't. Um, so that would be one thing I would question uh, on Chichi's part. But uh, no, overall, very pleased. Obviously, that first half was fun to watch. Uh, some of those goals were sumptuous. Uh, and we move on. Three wins away now. A couple things before we leave, the, before we leave this game. Uh, one, Vinicius, the, the I, I don't know if it's a resurrection. It's just the, the rise. Of, oh, not Vinicius. Excuse me. Uh, Richarlison. The rise of Richarlison is just absolutely incredible. If you have followed this player over the last couple of years from from what he was to what he is right now. A uh, little peek behind the curtain. Tomorrow I will be unveiling my power rankings, if you will, of actual individual players that are still left in the tournament. And there's stars that are bringing it, and there's also stars in the making. I'm not saying much, but, you know, Richarlison may make the top ten. We'll see how, how it goes here. But he has been he has been wonderful for this team. Again, a uh, an incredible goal. Landon Donovan was just beyond, beyond himself um, uh, in that goal that he scored, and obviously the lead-up and the headers and, and doing all, all that kind of stuff. Vinicius Jr. gets uh, gets on the board. And then the Neymar situation, we know missing a couple of games with this with his ankle injury, didn't look worse for wear, looked fine, obviously got his, uh, got his penalty. He wasn't trying to do too much, but he still was dribbling and doing all those different things that you want. So I think it's, and by the way, I think it affirmed to, to a lot of us that you not only have an incredible team in Brazil, but you also have the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah, he's certainly up there in the conversation. He is phenomenal. You know, people still ask me about Allison versus Ederson. And Ederson, Maybe you have the best two goalkeepers <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Ederson is very good. He made a couple of really nice saves in the Cameroon match. But to me, when Allison's in form, it's no contest. It's, uh, it's incredible. So, um, as far as Neymar, yeah, I thought he was tentative it was kind of an easing your way back in kind of performance but he makes such a difference just in the attention that he attracts and the space it opens up for others so obviously very happy to have him back yeah Richarlison that's 10 goals now in his last uh, nine games for Brazil uh, you know a lot of people question him even being in the squad which was ludicrous if you actually followed his team and don't just base your opinions on players club form uh, and it's interesting Gabriel Jesus got hurt he's out of the tournament so Brazil have lost that safety blanket they had if Richarlison had gone off the boil. So now it's going to have to be Richarlison leading the line. Hopefully he's up to it in these bigger games coming up. So far, very good. 
Uh, when South Korea finally did score, uh, it was a shot from the outside. It was deflected. Allison couldn't do anything on it. And I know there was some concerns with not just the, the goal, but the amount of opportunities that were given up. And lucky, uh, lucky you had Allison there. I, I, I thought it was wonderful, though, the reaction of the South Korean fans there. And even though they knew they were going to lose this game and they were going to lose this game badly, in that moment there was a celebration of everything that they have done uh, and to a certain extent, at, uh, at times, punching above their weight. But they were outmatched from start to finish in this game. But that was a wonderful moment to see, and they went, uh, and they went crazy. Uh, anything else on this game before we move on? Well, just to echo that, South Korea, what a likable team. Yep. Maybe the most likable player in the world in Sun Hung Min. But uh, to hop back to Brazil for one second, uh, you mentioned Vinicius Jr. You know, uh, up to now, his Real Madrid form hadn't quite translated with Brazil. But in this World Cup, it has. I've actually been quite pleased with his uh, play. In the first uh, game, he was involved in both goals. He took the shot that the goalkeeper parried and, and Richarlison put in the rebound. And then he assisted Richarlison on that crazy acrobatic goal. Uh, the second game against Switzerland, you might recall, he scored a goal that was called back because of an offside. This one, he scores a nice goal, so he's uh, been productive, uh, so that's exciting. It gives Brazil another player other than Neymar that you feel like can, can be a real difference maker. On the other hand, Rafinha cannot buy a goal. It's unbelievable. But he was really good, though. Even <laughs> he, though he, I he, mean, was, he active, was really, he was involved, really good. Uh, but uh, it's amazing. I'd like to see him get one because it's got to be getting in his head by now. But... Uh, uh, yeah, so... Uh, in general, before we leave this game, you, you heard me scream and yell about dancing. How do the Brazilians think of, of the dancing? Do they think that it's... Is there any type of embarrassment or shame when you're beating up on a team and doing it? I thought it was a bit much. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just took too long. Was way too choreographed. I mean, I thought. It was All right. Like, so it's not I the dancing; watching, it's the choreography. Yeah, I thought I was okay. watching the U.S. women, you know, against Thailand. And right. <laughs> oh my God! They have so they have ten different dances, evidently yeah. that they have obviously choreographed and they're putting them out. They hadn't had a lot of goals I, to do I, I that. I now know why we lost to Cameroon. They've been spending all their time in practice, you know, working hey, on listen, the dancing. And like I said, it. you score, you can dance. <laughs> all right, the other game, so that ended up 4-1, to one, and Brazil goes on. Thank you, South Korea, for, uh, for everything, but you need to uh, make way and go home. Croatia and Japan. Ended 1-1, and it went into uh, penalties. We, saw, we finally saw Perisic actually show up, scored a wonderful goal uh, with his head. Japanese... Uh, um, we're, we're really good in terms of, you know, we talked so much about the, the possession and how Japan completely ceded possession to the opponents, into the, sometimes in the teens in terms of possession, and they didn't care. This was not a smash-and-grab type of situation from Japan. They had plenty of opportunities. It was actually a very even match, and ultimately I think the one-to-one -one, uh, scoreline uh, said it all. But this one came down uh, to penalties, and I have said before and I said it on air. There is a tendency for uh, for us when we see penalties to say that it's a complete crapshoot and it's a you know a, to uh, a a coin toss. And the reality is that it is a very very important part of the game and obviously a very very important part of tournament play. There is a skill, there is research and data, and there is a mentality that is needed. And while it seems like a separate part of the game, it's very much an important part of the game and ignore it at your own peril. And I think what we saw here was a team that, as we know, four years ago was battle-tested when it came to penalties. And as soon as it came to penalties for Croatia, by the way, a Croatia that had substituted out Luka Modric, they knew that they were going to make their penalties uh, or enough of them. And 
I don't know if they knew this, but they had a goalkeeper that usually want him to save one. That he saved three was was pretty incredible. And in and of itself, this was not just, you know, a, a like I said, just a crapshoot type of situation. The better team won because the better team ultimately had better penalties and a better goalkeeper. Yeah, Dominic Livakovic is his name. Three saves equal the World Cup record. And, yeah, it's amazing. Croatia, you go back to the knockout stage in 2018. Round the 16, they beat Denmark on penalties. Quarterfinals, they beat Russia on penalties. Semifinals, they beat England in extra time. And now they uh, eliminate Japan on penalties. So that's four straight knockout games. Uh, well, the final against France, they, I guess, breaks that up. They lost that 4-2 in regulation. But uh, still, three knockout games in the last World Cup and one now here where they've had to go to extra time. And they've found a way. Um, and, you know, I was disappointed in this outcome because I would have much rather faced Japan. I think Croatia, they've got a little magic mm -hmm. here that scares me. It's, it's uh, not sexy. It's, it's, not, it's not pretty. But it, it, it is raw and it can be affected. Uh, effective. I did, like, I, I did like, you know, as I said, when they subbed it out Luka Modric, I did like after the game uh, that he went to his goalie, Lovakovic, and almost paraded him around. And this is a legend taking a goalkeeper and in that moment recognizing and making sure that everybody recognized that this was the reason why they were going on. It was, it was amazing. I mean, he literally held his hand at times, and I'm sure they were looking for friends and family and all, and all that, but he made a point of he knows the camera's going to be on him as a legend, and it was always on that goalkeeper. And that's it's a small little thing, and it's nuanced, but it is part of being a part of being a leader. Now, now they are still going to have to play very well, and they they are not without fault when it comes to Croatia. But this is also a Croatia team where coming into the tournament, this this team having gone to the final four years ago, that there was also a lot of talk of you know that was an anomaly. That was just it's very difficult for them to do it again. It still is going to be difficult for them to do it again. But they are that they are back in the last eight. I think is a credit to. The understanding, and they have evolved, and they have changed uh, some players. You even saw, saw some players on the sideline that four years ago were constant starters, and so they have freshened it up. Uh, give me a percentage chance that they beat Brazil on Friday. Uh, I give them a thirty-seven point six percent chance that they beat Brazil. Well, you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, I'm saying there's a thirty-seven point six percent chance. Uh, should we move on? Sure. All right. So listen, one of the big stories that broke uh, while we were coming on air was this potential deal that has been reported for Cristiano Ronaldo to go to uh, Al Nasser uh, in, um, in Saudi Arabia. And, you know, that's not necessarily something crazy or new for a big player to go to a fledgling or smaller type of league, especially in the twilight of their career. But the price tag associated made it made it even more of a story than it already is because it involves one of the most famous people in the world and obviously uh, arguably the most famous soccer player in the world in Cristiano Ronaldo. Around, I think we, we figured it out, and it was funny listening to all of us go back as to what number we were going to use because these are still you know, rumors and speculation and reports coming out. $211 million a year to go to Saudi Arabia for Cristiano Ronaldo uh, to play because, as we know, he well, mutually agreed to terminate uh, his contract. He is a free agent. He is an unsigned player right now. So it sounds like he is going to make a boatload of money and go to Saudi Arabia and play. It is kind of out of sight and out of mind. I can't remember the last time that we 
heard about the Saudi Arabian League, uh, saw a viral moment from the Saudi Arabia League. And so for a guy that is so concerned about his brand and certainly has more money than he can, you know, than he can do with, not that people don't want to make more money, it's a strange type of thing for him to do. Um, uh, thoughts on, on the whole thing? Uh, this generated an interesting debate in the office. Uh, would you go live in Saudi Arabia uh, for three years if well, you made two hundred million dollars? I mean, listen, for two hundred million dollars, you you know you 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 figure you figure it out. But that you know that was if the if the alternative is making less money and I get to go and live and play in Miami or Los Angeles. And look, I've been to Saudi Arabia. It's a beautiful country. They are, you know, uh, from a business perspective, from a sporting perspective, they are trying to get bigger with, with their with their soccer and with what they are doing. And I don't doubt that he's going to live in the lap of luxury. But, well, I mean, for me, no. As I told you, in the, in the lead-up to this World Cup, I started reading lots of books about the Middle East. I wanted to mm -hmm. familiarize myself with this region. And so I find this story interesting from the perspective of, of this geopolitical rivalry between Qatar and Saudi yep. Arabia and how much uh, f international football has become a part of that in terms of them trying to uh, attain influence. And you have uh, distracted by a... Uh, well... Stu, Stu Holden is walking behind our set, and you know he has absolutely no sense of respect or decorum, and so he's just catcalling and, and doing the things that he does in his tight pants. So you but. have you know Qatar buying PSG, Saudi Arabia buying right. Newcastle, Qatar hosting a World Cup, and so I view this as part of it. Now Saudi Arabia signing Cristiano Ronaldo as part of this whole sort of larger geopolitical battle between the two for influence and prestige. Uh, so from his perspective, listen, he's, he's 37, he turns 38 in February. Um, the normal thing would be to make this kind of move. Now, maybe not to Saudi Arabia. I mean, you mentioned on TV today that maybe MLS would right. have been a more logical destination. But, but until recently, he seemed reluctant to accept that the main phase of his career was going to be over. Right. He still felt like he could go to some big Champions League club and, and still be the leading man for a team that's competing for major trophies. And there was overwhelming evidence that nobody was interested in him for that, but he just didn't want to accept that. I think this is a sign that he's finally accepted that he needs to move on to, after this World Cup, to a different phase of his career. Sure, and MLS can't compete with that type of money, and nobody in MLS is going to give him that type of money. But what MLS can give him is a much bigger entree into the American market. And he is already huge in America. And for a guy, like I said, that has cultivated this brand over the years, that might have been more appealing. And so while in the, in the moment he might not have made the money, he also might have established his, his brand. And I'm not saying that we're not going to hear from Cristiano Ronaldo or that his brand can't grow, but it sure as hell, I would think, isn't going to grow as much being in Saudi Arabia rather, relative to the United States and, uh, and North America and what has happened. And we've seen it with Zlatan. We've seen it with David Beckham. Uh, hell, we've even seen it with Thierry Henry or, or Wayne Rooney. The moments that they have from an MLS perspective, they do go vi viral. People do. It's, it's not completely out of sight, out of mind. So anyway, and, and, and let me say this before we go. Because I was, uh, some people were sending me some stuff on uh, on Twitter asking us, why are you talking about this during the World Cup? Uh, for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that Cristiano Ronaldo and Portugal will actually play tomorrow. And we're talking about this coming on and talking about games. We're talking about it because it's a huge, huge story about... Our one of the most famous people in the world and arguably 
the most famous and the best player in the world, and there is a huge price tag attached. So it is news. It is relevant to what is going on, especially when he orchestrated his exit from Manchester United right before the World Cup and has come to the World Cup without a club. And if you don't see that, then you are a moron. And I'm sorry that we had to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo before the Brazil game, that we had to talk about everything was going on. You're going to be just fine. It's news. It's interesting. It's entertainment. And it's about soccer. And soccer is happening here. And Cristiano Ronaldo is playing in the World Cup. Who are these people? I don't know. There's people out there, Moss. Yeah, I'm, you know. Internet comments. I'm getting a little loopy, Moss. Yeah, I've been doing this now for a bunch of weeks here. I'm not getting a lot of sleep, all right? All sorts of stuff is going on. I'm having a wonderful time, but, you know, I get get irritable. It is the second straight World Cup that Ronaldo has done this to us because in 2018, his move from Real Madrid to Juventus occurred while we were covering the World Cup. I remember being in the control room when that story broke and us uh, debating whether we should make a big deal about it on the air, and ultimately we did. Oh, look who just joined oh, us, still holding. Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. Still holding. I am very happy. Oh, man, they look good. They looked very good. Did they? Even yeah. better in person. Yeah? <laughs> Beautiful. Samba soccer. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what are you, uh, heading off to do uh, a show nice tonight? Show. Yeah. All right. I just haven't, made it, I haven't been invited to the uh, State of the Union, so. Well, well let's you, make that happen. Right. Well, we're not. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, all right, listen, uh, this has been the State of the Union, as you saw, and people just drop in all, all, all the time. I am Alexi Lawless. That is the great David Mossy. Congratulations to your Brazil team. They move on to the eight. And uh, look, oh, he's dancing. He's dancing. All right, and if you, and if you hate this, then you, you hate love, and you hate romance, and you hate beauty. It's, uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So dance, and don't let anybody tell you that you, uh, that you can't. We will be back again tomorrow. Last day of uh, the round of 16 matches taking place tomorrow. And as we mentioned, Cristiano Ronaldo and company uh, will be playing. And so that's going uh, that, to be fun to see. This has been the State of the Union. Uh, I am Alexi. That's Mossy. It is presented by State Farm. Uh, we will talk to you again tomorrow. And until then, and as always, my friends, size the day. <laughs>